0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, June the 7th, 2023. It is currently 3.19 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Let's get started by looking at a very important scripture, a scripture that is very important to what we're going to be discussing. All right. Are you ready? It's in the gospel of Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven. We're going to read two verses, verses 13 and 14, Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. Really think carefully about this verse. Okay. Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 through 14. We read these words. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. So the way that leads to destruction, it is a broad way, it is a wide gate, The way that leads to destruction, the wrong road, right, is the one that is wide gate. It is a broad road, and you're going to see all kinds of people on it. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. This passage seems to establish a very simple idea that the way to destruction is the large highway and you're going to see all kinds of cars on it driving right to their destruction, right? That the, the wrong way is the way where you're going to find the most people, the largest highway, the largest crowd, the largest number. They're going to be going the wrong way, but the right way, right? The way that leads to life narrow. There's going to be few cars on that road. There's going to be few people. It's not going to be the large crowd. It's going to be a small number. Now Christians will say amen to that. They will say yes, that is true. They will they will they will say that they agree with it. They will say amen to that. But then I think time and time again Christians have a tendency not to really think in that way. In other words, it's a truth that we say we believe, it's a truth we say amen to, but I don't think it's a truth that always governs the way we think in every situation. Because in my estimation, over and over and over again, Christians tend to equate large numbers, popularity, Uh, to to some kind of spiritual success. We say we don't believe that. We say, no, 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 larger. Like sometimes we'll see a large gathering say, well, see, it's wrong because, you know, broad is the way, you know, it's the large road that leads to destruction. Sometimes we will see a large crowd and condemn the large crowd. But then there's other times that we see the large numbers and we say, God is moving. Revival is happening. I've seen this play out over and over and over in my Christian life. Let me give you some examples. I remember in the 1980s, I know somewhat dating myself, but in the 1980s, a a little known Christian singer by the name of Amy Grant. Do you remember Amy Grant? Remember Amy Grant? Okay. She was, you know, obviously very popular, very successful in the Christian music world. And then she releases an album. And all of a sudden, Amy Grant is not just popular in the Christian music world. Her music is being played on top 40 secular radio stations. I think she even got a video on MTV. And then next thing you know, she was selling all kinds of albums and selling out concerts. She now was becoming a mainstream success. Now, some were like, hey, hey, she's a sellout. She's not Christian anymore. But there were many saying, this is a sign of revival. God is moving. The message is being taken to the lost world. Many immediately equated her success with some kind of revival. I have watched this play out over and over and over. A a Christian band or a Christian song will become super popular. God is moving. You cannot stop the spirit of God. He's doing a mighty work. This is it. I can remember when a movie called The Passion of the Christ came out. Do you remember that? Do you remember The Passion of the Christ? Do you remember how wildly successful it was? How many millions upon millions upon millions upon a millions of dollars that movie made? You would go to the movie theater to see it and it would be packed out. Trying to get a ticket at times was difficult. It was sold out. Everybody wanted to see The Passion of the Christ. And you know what I was told over and over and over? Revival. This is revival. Revival is happening. Revival is happening. And then anytime a supposed revival breaks out, a revival breakout, what do they always talk about? Look at people are coming from all over the world. People are coming everywhere to this revival. And then they'll show video of all the people lined up to get inside and they'll see God is moving because of the numbers. They equate revival. They equate spiritual success with numbers. We do that sometimes like it's re- this really back and forth in in the Christian world. Like sometimes if a church gets too large, they're like, well, they're compromising, they're sellouts. But if you get too small, Right. And a lot of people aren't joining or think, Oh, well, nothing is happening in that church. God is not moving. And immediately we'll say, see, because it's small and insignificant, God is not doing anything. So there, 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 it's always this weird balance. Like you can get too big and then people say, no, 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 that's the Broadway. And if you get too small, well, then, then, well, then you're, you're, you're spiritually dead. Nobody can really explain exactly how it works. The reason I'm bringing this up. Is I got an email just a few minutes ago with this headline. Jesus revolution goes international to Indonesia, UK, others. And then this is the then listen to this. The world needs A revival. Now, if you don't know what Jesus' revolution is, it's a movie. A movie that's been wildly successful. And once again, successful movie, revival gets attached to it. Now, I'm not saying that people, this article is necessarily claiming explicitly that the success of the movie equals revival, but I have definitely heard that kind of verbiage around this movie. Let me, let me give you a little bit of information about the movie or at least a little bit more from this article. Thanks to its box office hit success in the United States, Jesus Re- Jesus Revolution is now showing in international markets too. Co-director John Irwin told Christian Headlines that the hit movie has been released in Singapore, Indonesia, Australia, New Zealand, and is launching soon in the United Kingdom and Latin America. The international market opened up, he said, thanks to its domestic success— the film grossed more than 52 million dollars domestically and remained in the top 10 for 5 weeks. Now immediately when this movie started making so much money, I over and over revival, revival. This is a son is a revival. All these people are getting saved watching this movie, you know, thousands of professions of faith. Revival, revival. Now I thought it wasn't it just I don't know how long ago was it when we were hearing about revival, revival, revival. Wasn't it at Asbury university that revival was here? Revival. And I, well, I, every time I hear that revival is here, this is it. And it, then it just, everyone kind of just moves on. So I guess Asbury, and no, no, now it's the movies, the Jesus revolution. That's the sign of revival. We, it, we always seem to equate revival with numbers. With large numbers. So the question is, do large numbers immediately prove revival? I heard this, the same thing about The Chosen. Look at all the people who are watching The Chosen. Look at how successful this TV show is. This is revival. Whenever something is successful, Christians love to immediately associate success with revival, but if the way that leads to life is narrow and small and few that find it, then I don't know exactly how we balance that up. I'm not saying that large numbers doesn't mean a revival. I'm just saying that we immediately, we tend to associate almost an earthly success a fleshly success, the way we would measure success from an earthly perspective. And we equate that with a spiritual move or a spiritual move of God. Because this person is preaching and hundreds of thousands of people are flocking to hear them. It's got to be from God. Because they're packing arenas has to be from God. Because they got a million downloads has to be from God. The article goes on to say: Entertainment is America's second largest export behind agriculture, Irwin told Christian Headlines. So when you make something popular in the United States and when an audience really champions it, they send it around the world. And so a lot of Christians might not realize that we support a film here. It enables global release. Now, that to me sounds like marketing. Hey, because Christians love to feel like we are a part of something. Hey, you see, if we can get this movie successful, it will go around the world and then this will be a revival. But I I, I mean, I haven't seen the movie Jesus Revolution. Do, do you feel like that if someone watched the movie that like – is that the gospel? I, I mean, maybe it is. I mean, people are claiming that it is. Um, faith-based, faith-based movies can be a powerful vehicle for spreading the gospel. A lot of people ask, are we just preaching to the choir? We found it's actually the choir that launches the product, he said. The more the faith audience champions something, whether it's our movie or The Chosen, they send it out. So really, if a big movie becomes successful and you saw it in America, 10 other people are going to see it around the world because of you. And I think that's something that people understand. It's really cool. All right, and then uh, they go on to say the whole reason we made the movie was if God did it before, God can do it again. Uh, The world needs a Jesus revolution perhaps now more than any other time in my lifetime. Of course, uh, we need a Jesus revolution where they made (laughs) so far $52 million on the movie. Okay, I don't know how much the movie cost to make. Um, Let me see here. Um, I would be curious to know. Let me look it up. I can probably find out just quickly because, you know, money is always involved in all of these situations. You always got to follow the money a little bit, right? Let's see here. Um, Let me see here. There's the plot. There's the production. Okay, here... I'm looking. I'm looking. Talking about all the money it made, all the money it made, all the money it made. I'm trying to look for the budget, how much it cost. Oh, it costs uh, fifteen million to make, and they've made fifty-three million. So it costs fifteen million to make, and they've made fifty-three million, and now it's being. So who knows? It, it, it's clearly going to pre- be over sixty, seventy, maybe eighty million dollars that they make. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying that that proves something negative about it. I just want you to know a lot of money is 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 coming in in regards to it. So, my ultimate question is this: Is revival always connected to numbers? Right? Because I don't. I don't. I, we always think of revival in like, oh, you know, the whole city repented, the whole city you know, put on sackcloth, sackcloth and set in ashes. The, the whole, the whole city, like it, it, the Great Awakening and all of these people, like it's a, it's a revival when we think we see lots and lots and lots of people, but is, is revival really based off number or is revival just based off what actually happens spiritually? Do, do we define revival in connection to number or do we define revival in connection to what happens? In fact, If we look up a definition of revival, according to one source, revival is this. Revival refers to a spiritual awakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation in the life of a believer. To me, revival is not defined by the number of people. It's defined by what happens in, st- in the life of one person. If a one person is awakened from a state of dormancy or stagnation in their spiritual life, then that is some kind of a revival. It encompasses the resurfacing of a love for God an appreciation of God's holiness, a passion for his word and his church, a convicting awareness of personal and corporate sin, spirit of humility, a desire for repentance and growth and righteousness. Revival invigorates and sometimes deepens a believer's faith, opening his or her eyes to the truth in a fresh new way. It generally involves uh, the uh, the, con- uh, the of a fresh start, the, the, uh, the connotation of a fresh start with a clean slate, making a new, marking a new beginning of life lived in obedience to God. Revival breaks the charm and power of the world which binds the eyes of men and generates both the will and power to live in the world, but not of the world. Now, of course, then they immediately start talking about some of the revivals that's happened. But there are always these supposed, like, the revival is based off numbers. I wonder, we, do we so focus on revival as a movement that involves numbers that therefore we only look, we, we, we so focus on that, that we only look to a revival when it involves Like, like, so like, let's say, let's say, let's say right now there's a small church on uh, say, Let's say they're broadcasting on sermons 2.0. Let's say they're broadcasting on sermons 2.0 and let's say it's Wednesday. So let's say they broadcast tonight. Let's say it's a church of six people and those six people, are reawakened from a point of stagnation. They're, they're reawakened to a passionate, uh, you know, z- z- a, a passionate love for God. That would be revival, right? Even if there was only six people. But would anyone pay attention to it? Would anyone care? Would even anyone even celebrate it? But if it's a church of 600, if it's a church of 100, if it's a church of 200— and then typically what has to happen there has to be success and then there has to be emotion there has to be oh it lasted for you know they 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 stayed there all night praying oh, so if if you if you stay in the sanctuary for 24 hours or 48 hours pray that's revival what well, all that would really need to happen if we go back to that definition is Someone is there, they hear preaching, and they're awakened from a state of dormancy, stagnation. It encompasses a resurfacing of a love for God and appreciation for God's holiness. It brings about a spirit of humility, a desire for repentance. If, if a person hears a sermon and that happens, if, if, they, if they leave immediately after, is that not revival? Oh, no, no, the, you got to stay there. See, the people stayed there for 24 hours. Now it's a revival. All right? yeah you got it's yeah it' always almost like you gotta feel something so it's almost like it's got to be numbers and there's got to be some kind of like demonstration of something right ooh the the people cried or the people uh the people stayed there for you know twenty four hours and they kept singing over and over and over and over and and that's that, see that's revival but does that mean that's revival that 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 to mean that means it was an emotional something happened. Now I'm not. am not saying it's not revival. I'm just saying that I think we have this way of measuring it, right? Oh, this movie made fifty-one million dollars. Whoa! It was. It was in the top ten for what five weeks or what? See, that's revival. The Passion of the Christ. Look at how many people are going to see it. I will, I'll never forget um, coming to work the day after I saw The Passion of the Christ, and I was down in the medical systems office where all the computers. Was, computer systems were. And I had to help out down there to do something with the computers. I can't remember. And one of the, one of the uh, young men, it was a young airman. He was there and he was, he was talking about how amazing uh, the passion of Christ was. And he felt the move of God and, and, you know, this was revival and he couldn't believe that revival was breaking out. And, and he asked me what I thought. I'm like, well, I thought it was a movie. (laughs) Thought it was, (laughs) thought it was a movie. That, that was dramatic and, and made you feel the suffering and, and got your emotions going. But I, I, I'm like, I'm not so sure this is like a revival. And, well, he was very unhappy with my, I guess, more cynical approach. And, well, life went on. The passion came. The passion went. And then Christians moved on to the next big thing. And it's like, oh, look, 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 this Christian song, revival. Oh, wait, look, 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 this, this big emotional experience is happening at some church, revival. But it's always numbers and emotions and success. I think what we should look for, and may, maybe I'm making this too individualistic. Maybe, maybe I, that's where I'm making a mistake. It's great if it's a corporate thing, but corporate things tend to be, I feel there's too much emotional manipulation going on. Typically, what I'm looking for is not the number of people. I'm not looking for a movie to make $51 million. I'm not looking for some big spectacle. What I'm looking is for individuals to be reawakened from a state of dormancy or from spiritual stagnation. I want them to have uh, a love of God to resurface. I want them to have an appreciation for God's holiness, a passion for his word, a convicting awareness of personal sin, a spirit of humility, and a desire of repentance and growth and righteousness. I want this to invigorate and deepen their faith, to open their eyes to truth in a fresh new way. I, I, that, that's, that's what I want. Yeah, I see. I, someone just said, I think I've heard it used more as a buzzword. I, I think, I think that I'm not trying to be cynical, but I mean, look, I remember when all of the debates were going on, Asbury, it's, 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 it's a revival. No, it's not. It's a revival. Yes, it's, you know, there was those who were passionate, like, this is a move of God. And others were like, eh, I'm not so sure. I mean, wh- what, what happened? It, everyone just moved on. Now, now, if there were individuals there, who was in that chapel at Asbury, whether the first night or what or how many days it lasted, if there are those college kids right now that their Christian life is showing, uh, is not showing a dormancy spiritually, not showing stagnation, but is showing a passionate love for God and appreciation for his holiness, a passion for his word, uh, a convicting awareness of personal sin, a spirit of humility and a desire for repentance. If there's individuals who that has occurred in them, then by all means. But it's like, like when these things happen, everyone comes running. Oh, Jesus revolution, the movie it's, it's, this is it. And then it's just like, it just seems like every time I'm told this is it. Then by the next week I'm told, no, that's it. Oh, that, that I'm always told that that's the thing, right? Remember when it was Mars Hill? Oh, God is moving in Seattle. This is, and then well, we move on. Oh, then it was this, and then it was this, and then it's this, and we're always like running around going, "This is it! This is it! This is it! This is it!" And it just seems like we find the hype, we find the the excitement, we promote it and then and then we have the a little bit of a spectacle and we have wild stories of emotions or whatever or people stayed there for 72 hours or they stayed there a week and they just kept singing and singing this is revival okay well I, there was a, something emotional going on the issue is what happened into the in the life of each individual That to me is the definition of revival. Revival is not seen by an emotional thing. It's seen by what the reality of what's happening internally where there's now a spirit of humility, brokenness, an awareness of sin, a, a, a renewed passion and love for God. You're no, you've broken out of your spiritual apathy. You're no longer stagnant. You're, like something has happened internally. And I don't think that can be measured by what people are doing. Ex- That's internally. I don't think it can be measured by what is happening externally. I I just wanted to bring this to your attention because, again, I mean, I've talked, I've heard so much about the Jesus Revolution film over and over and over and over. I've I've heard it and heard it, you know, like, this is crazy. You know, this is crazy. And it's always like, well, yeah, okay, it's a successful movie. Yeah. Now, if, if someone sees it and they come out and they are awakened out of their spiritual stagnation and them internal, but it's the internal reality of what's happening in an individual, not the number of people who bought a ticket and that the people who made the movie have now made $52 million or, well, subtract the amount that it costs to make, or they may have raised the money to make it. So, I, I yeah, I'd have to go how it was funded, but, you know, like, okay, great. It's like the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, we made Mel Gibson a, you know, multi, multi multi-millionaire, okay? We made him super rich if he wasn't already rich enough. But I thought that was the change of everything. When Amy Grant hit number one, I was told that was the change of everything. When, when Mercy Me, what, uh, I can only imagine, oh, that was it. That was the change of, oh man, I don't, I cannot stand that song. Okay. Uh, and we, I just, oh, every time something like this would when, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia was so big, oh, this is it. Oh, every time it's always like, this is it. And it's always like, or it's nothing. It's, it's, it's just, it's nothing, okay? It's just nothing. It's just the thing everyone's into for a moment. Maybe I'm way too cynical. I think when you're a young Christian, you get caught up into the hype, and to the expectation, and you get excited. I think the longer you become a Christian, I know that there's a very dangerous thing of becoming jaded and cynical, but you just kind of like— look, guys, I've been there, done that, right? I got I got 15 t-shirts from this. I've seen this so many times, right? It's like it's like uh, being uh, when, when I was in the military and most of my military career was spent basically, you know, one, one to two places, basically my entire military career, I didn't get, get moved around. And when you stay, and I worked in the medical world, other than when I was security forces. But when I was in the medical world, if you stayed there long enough, right, someone would, you know, all of a sudden a new commander would come in and and they would be like, okay, we got this new idea. We're going to do this. And you would just be like, it's not a new idea. We tried that in 1991. It didn't work. We tried that in 1995. It didn't work. We tried that in 1998. Didn't work. There's nothing new about this. It's It's the... But then it would be like, you're just negative. I'm like, okay, go ahead and try it. And then of course it wouldn't work, or it would have the same failure that it always had. And and again, you just become jaded and cynical of it. You are you do love to see the excitement. Like you don't wanna you don't want to, you know, throw water on someone's spiritual fire. You don't. You want them to be excited. But it's just sometimes I think they get excited and they're measuring things from a very they're not seeing things spiritually. They're seeing things from a very, uh, how does the, how does the world, a worldly perspective, how does the world measure success, right? It's how many tickets were sold to the movie? How many people tuned in for the television show? What are the television ratings, right? I mean, I've watched this. Um, I, I could give a million examples of how I've seen this play out in the world, but that's how we measure success. How many people attended? Was the concert a sellout? And just whenever, just whenever you see revival, being reported, just watch how it's talked about. They almost immediately you're going to see uh, cameras showing how many people are there, how many people are lined up, because that somehow immediate. And I, I'm always like, wait, I thought the way to eternal life was narrow and few be that find it. That looks like you know a thousand, you know two thousand people there. Um, Yeah, it's right. I, I mean, I, again, I know that someone in the chat, they, they sound as cynical as me. It says it's just a movie. I like movies. Even a worldly movie can get your emotions going. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie. I, I don't know if that proves it. Now, if someone walks into the movie and walks out, and then they experience that spiritual reawakening out of a point of stagnation or spiritual apathy, like, then okay, great. That's wonderful. But would it be the movie? Or would it be like would it be the movie that w- Because I think, I think there's a distinction here. If the movie causes the reawakening, based off the movie's use of drama, emotions, music, camera angles, and that wake, awakens someone spiritually, is that truly a revival, or is that an emotional response? Because wouldn't we say that revival has to be brought about through this, the work of God and the word of God? In other words, it wouldn't be the movie. It would be that they heard the scri- a scripture in the movie. Wouldn't, isn't scripture absolutely instrumental in revival? Like, can there be true revival without scripture? Just a thought, just a thought, because I think there is a fine line between emotional manipulation, emotional reaction, and a true biblical revival that is driven by scripture, that the the word of God, because of the spirit of God, hits you, convicts you, awakens you because it's the word of God. something to think about as the Jesus revolution will continue to make money. And as it continues to make money, uh, yeah. What if the movie is heresy? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole different perspective. Yeah. What if the movie is heresy? What if the movie doesn't factually, because Jesus revolution is a story about a specific time and everyone knows that there's an individual who played that, that is mentioned in that movie who played a major part in it, who, they, they did not, they did not, uh, follow his story, okay? Because his story doesn't quite turn out, uh, so well, right? Right? So, like, they left that out. Now, I'm not saying that that makes it not a good movie. I'm just saying that, because they said that that wasn't the focus, but should that, in, if that individual was in the movie, should you, we not have followed where he ended up? But yeah, what if the movie is not biblically accurate? Like, there's just so many questions about it. But I just think our our way of viewing things, it's just weird because sometimes I'll see Christians see large numbers and go, well, that doesn't mean it's truly Christian. But then at the same time, they'll turn around, and see something small, insignificant, and go, well, God is not moving. <laughs> so I, sometimes I'm like, so how do we actually measure anything? I just know this. We're studying the book of Jeremiah for the summer of 2023. And, uh, well, he had no human <laughs> success, right? He didn't even have spirit. He had no converts and everyone hated him. So, uh, but you're going to tell me that wasn't successful? So, see, it's always hard to know. I think we have to be very careful and not make sure that we don't look at things from a worldly, fleshly perspective. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at com. Everyone have a great, great Wednesday afternoon. I don't know what is in store for the rest of this uh, afternoon and evening, but of course, if we go live at any point or if we, whatever else happens the rest of the night, have the Church One app and, uh, well, you'll get a notification when we go live. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless.